The Bulls have three seconds to try a shot and try to win the game. This is the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Coming to you from the betting deck. Don't believe what I just saw. Here are your hosts. Good morning, the boys from Notebook Wagering. We are back. I am Smitty, aka Teaser King. Sitting across from me is J Cam, our stack guy. What's up, J Cam? Good morning. Good morning. Back with the breakfast bunch here, talking NFL games like we have all year. Seems like uh, our our compatriots can never make these early uh, tea times here, but that's fine. Just gives us more room to talk. Yeah, you got two of the boys back. Uh, the the jobs, the real jobs of uh, kind of crept in there a little bit with Maddie Nails and Q kind of got caught at work today. So like J Cam said, the breakfast bunch is going to try to go through this tricky week 18. It's a hard week, Jason. You know, I think some people really maybe like gambling this, but then others kind of get a little worried about, you know, these teams going to show up. Uh, who's going to play now, now you throw in the whole COVID um, protocols and problems we're having. So we're going to try to do the best job we can to give you our best thoughts, opinions, maybe some player props, maybe some players that can make some more extra money with some numbers this week. So we're going to dive into it. Um, Anything, Jason, you want to go into with week 18 before we start? No, like you said, it's it's like a minefield here with uh you really need to look at the injury reports if you're gonna uh bet on these games i mean we're doing our best to get up to minute information but uh there could be a bunch of changes by tomorrow i mean for the most part the schedule is set up so that um teams are gonna if they have something at stake have to play uh their best because the teams that they're playing against or need to win or lose are going at the same time um you have some irregularities obviously the uh chargers raiders scenario where they could both advance with a tie has been talked about a lot this week um, but they'll kind of know where they're at because obviously the Indy and Steeler games will be out of the way by then. Um, but that's really it. You just got to need to pay attention. There are a ton of guys out on some of these teams, especially the good ones. Um, and you kind of just need to evaluate what you think of that team when you're kind of taking those games. So, I mean, and we'll, we'll, the first two we talk about today will probably be best examples. Yeah, you know, I think my best advice is, you know, listen to our show and take some of our thoughts because we've had a pretty good year Um knocking some of these NFL games and some player props. And of course we will put all our plays out on Twitter. I do want to give, I, I thought something interesting. I'm going to start the show with this. It's uh, Chelsea Messinger. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that correct. Host of the daily tip. She does a great job. You can follow her on Twitter. She does a show uh, with Jenks uh, DC guy used to be uh, with Tim Murray on a show here in the DC area. And we've had Tim on multiple times, big fans of Tim Murray, but she went out yesterday on Twitter and she gave out a couple players. So maybe look at this for some player props tomorrow. If you're a little scared with some of these games, she has digs from Buffalo He can make some more money in his contract with six receptions. So keep an eye on that. A.J. Green was another one she mentioned. He needs 75 yards, and he can make some more money in his contract. Gronk, oh, now we're going to get in when we get Tampa Bay about the whole A.B. and calling out Gronk and 
Tom Brady, but Gronk needs seven catches for a little extra money and also 85 yards and he gets additional money in his contract. And then the last one is Chris Jones. Chris Jones needs one sack and he makes a nice little uh, increase in his pay raise. Uh, Jason, you had one that um, our good buddy, Tim Murray from the nightcap gave out. Can you report that? Yeah, he tweeted out yesterday, Marvin Jones, obviously the Jaguars um, needs four catches to hit a pretty big incentive. I think about 500 K for him. There's props out there with listed at 3.5 catches for him. So that's a nice speculative play. Um, now that Meyer's kind of out of the way and some of the NFL guys are running that organization, I'm sure that they'll go out and get that for him. That's something those coaches are more aware of. Um, I don't know, Maddie, he likes Tyreek Hill over 64 yards or three and a half yards here on one of the props that he likes and Kelsey in any time touchdown uh, for the Chiefs. Um, so the yeah, props are definitely something like that. That's if you can even find more, that's something definitely to look at. Teams have done really good jobs of uh, getting guys those bonuses in recent time. Uh, so obviously it's free money and they've obviously earned it this part of the season. All right. So let's get into it today. We got two games today on Saturday. We got the Kansas city chiefs, 11 and five traveling to the Denver Broncos. They are seven and nine. This game opened at minus three. It is the whole way up to 10 and a half for Kansas city. The over under is 45. You know, one thing I saw Jason Mahomes is eight and zero against Denver lifetime. Doesn't lose this team. And I, we both off air. I don't think he's going to lose today. So what's your overall opinion on this one? Yeah. Uh, you know, chiefs obviously need a win. And a Tennessee loss to get the number one seed. I don't really think that's a priority for them today. I don't even think it has to be a priority. Denver's really coming to this game shorthanded. Um, pretty long injury list. Most of the guys on the defensive side of the ball, um, especially in the secondary, that is not where you want to be. Play the Chiefs. Um, you know, the Chiefs have had kind of, you know, last week was kind of a game that they needed. They didn't get in Cincinnati. The offense played well. The defense did not. You kind of questioned some of the calls on defense, a little too much man-to-man probably against a pretty good uh, Cincinnati receiver core. Um, Denver has a decent receiver court too, but unfortunately they don't have Joe Burrow throwing the ball to those guys. Andrew Locke going for them today, who was questionable earlier in the week, but he's good to go. Um, could see Brett Rippon here, um, coming off the bench if things don't go well. Uh, yeah, I see the Chiefs kind of rolling through this one. I don't think Denver has much to offer. Um, I, you know, it's 10 and a half. That's a pretty prohibitive number, especially on the road, but I think that they'll cover that kind of easily. If you got a little sketchy, I'm definitely going to be on the first half with Kansas City, which I think is at six and a half right now. And if you think Denver can do anything on offense, probably a sneaky over game. Um, if, yeah, basically you're kind of betting on Denver scoring. Um, so maybe Kansas City team points is probably the better play. But yeah, I don't, you know, I think there's going to be some stats we'll quote later in the show. I think teams that need wins, um, usually cover at a 40% rate, which is that was a pass out this week. The Kansas City really doesn't need a win here. They're kind of just jockeying for seeding. I see first half them rolling, and in second half, who knows who could be out there. Yeah, you know, boys, you know, they call me the teaser king because I love the tease games. What I would do, I would take, you know, I kind of like this maybe straight. I think, like Jason said, I think Kansas City needs this game. They'll win this game. Denver, I just do not think they're going to be motivated. And again, so many people out for Denver. I, I think the minus 10 and a half is not a bad play. I, I think what I'm going to do in this is, um, you know me, I'm going to tease it probably. So I'm going to stay in the same game here. I think I'm going to take Kansas City down six points, get them down to about four and a half. And I think I'm going to take it up. I think I'm going to take it to 51 and take the under. 
just because I don't think Denver, and I hope, I don't think Denver is going to be able to score a ton of points in this. I think Kansas City will do some scoring. I don't think Denver will. So I'm going to try to hope that it stays under the 51. So I'm going to take the Chiefs and the under in a teaser today. That is probably going to be an official play for me. And Maddie called in. He told us to definitely take the Chiefs laying the 10 and a half. So that's his play in this game. All righty. Everyone's on the Chiefs. All right. Next game, 8-15 tonight. You got the Dallas Cowboys, 11-5, and traveling to the Philadelphia Eagles. Both teams are playoff bound here. Eagles are 9-7. and This one started, opened up at 3.5. It's up to minus 4. Over under is at 45. This is another one, Jason. You have a lot of guys not playing in this one. Can you hit on that? Absolutely. You got Dallas without starting corners here. Uh, Trayvon Diggs, the guy's had a lot of interceptions, also giving up a lot of big plays, won't be playing. Micah Parsons out on COVID list. So, obviously, the biggest playmaker on the Dallas defense, not there. Philly has a laundry list of guys. Uh, no Fletcher Cox, no Dallas Goddard, no uh, Ronnie McLeod, no Wante Maddox, uh, no Lane Johnson, possibly, no Landon Dickerson, possibly, and Miles Sanders also out. He's been out. I don't think Jalen Hurts also will not start this game. I think this is a Gardner Minshew game. So really have uh, two teams, probably the best unit that's coming out of this is the Dallas offense who they've had somebody long-term kind of coming into this game relatively healthy. So um, definitely makes it an interesting handicap. And the line is ping-ponged all week between three and a half and five and a half um, back and forth with, I guess, various sharps kind of hitting this number whenever they think they have a lean. Yeah, yeah, you know, the unders, unders nine and three last 12, Jason, in the series. So you know, it is interesting, though, because I you think most of the guys that are out are on both defensive sides. So and it'll be interesting to see if Philly can have an offense without a running game. Obviously, Hurts provides that extra element of a running threat, you know, kind of gives you the extra half uh, running back that they don't have. Minshew will not provide that. He's a pure passer. Um, and that might be better this week, especially with the line dinged up. You know, NFL – when you have an unhealthy line, it's usually a lot easier to throw the ball than run the ball. Uh, running the ball is hard. Um, yeah, I, I just look at this game. I think Dallas's offense is the most intact unit. Um, they kind of need to get right game here. Their offense really hasn't been uh, clicking lately. And Philly showed last year that they're not afraid to tank a game uh, if they really don't think it's necessary. So I'm actually going to take the Cowboys minus the four here. And I actually kind of like a sneaky over. I think Minshew will keep throwing. I think he's back in uh, on the Palouse uh, with Washington State throwing it around. So. Uh, I think the Cowboys minus a four and over 43 and a half. This one's tough. Jason's kind of, you know, Jason's a great car salesman because we talked on off air on this. I was leaning towards the Eagles, maybe up to 10 and taking this up about, you know, it's going to be cold tonight, cold in Philly. So that might help a little bit. Like I gave out nine and three, the last 12 in the series. Now the first time Dallas won 42, 21. So a lot of points in the first matchup in this. Man, I'm going to have to think about this one. I'm kind of still leaning somehow that 10 points for a home team's a lot. And like, I kind of, I don't mind Minshew. I think Minshew can do all right in this. You know, Philly's kind of stuck, I think, where they're at in the playoff spot. So again, motivation really isn't there. Just try to get healthy, get through this game and get ready for the playoffs. Man, I'm not giving this an official play. I, again, I sometimes really like taking the home team up to 10 points. And I, I think it's another, I'm going to kind of go the under. I would do probably 10 
and under 51 in a play. I'm not sure if it will be an official play, but uh, that would be at 10 a.m. this morning. That's where my head is. Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny. That, that total might be a good live play um, more so than taking it pregame because you'll get a sense in the first quarter how things are going. Um, and it might be something that, you know, after a couple of series, you can see things really aren't clicking either offense and the weather kind of is affecting Dallas and the defenses are playing a little better. You think that you can hit that live under, or if you see them go up and down the field early, nobody wants to play defense because everybody's out. You can hit that live over. Uh, hopefully it'll hold or go the opposite. Too many points early, less points late, you know, but this might be a game where you want to see like how the weather affects them and how the uh, people being out affect both units. All right, let's move on to Sunday. We're going into the Sunday games here. One o'clock game. You got the Green Bay Packers, 13-3. and They have wrapped up the number one seed in the NFC, playing the scrappy Detroit Lions, 2-13-1. Opening line was minus 11. It is down to minus three and a half uh, for Green Bay. The over-under is setting now at 44 and a half. It sounds like Aaron Rodgers is a go here, Jason. So, I mean, now the big question is if he is, how long is he going to be the quarterback for Green Bay tomorrow? Yeah. I mean, that, this seems like a first half kind of game, right? I just think it's him being stubborn, not wanting to come out. It seems like these good quarterbacks never want to be the guys who sit on the bench. Um, it, this is the game where I think you kind of look at the overall roster depth on both teams and the Lions aren't there. I mean, you know, obviously the back half of their roster is a lot worse than the back half of Green Bay's. Um, so, you know, being the fact that it's on the road, I mean, for Green Bay is a little bit tricky. Um, yeah, it's, it's a tough handicap. I mean, people get a little too enthused about the Lions. I mean, the numbers really aren't there. It's just kind of they've kind of just been able to cover with guile and some uh, basically fighting to the end. Uh, I think three and a half is not quite enough to take them here. I would probably take the Packers laying the three and a half, even though the hook is kind of scary. But um, I just think they're a better overall outfit. I think guys are going to want to play who haven't played this year. And it might be a situation where you take the Lions live after they get down a little bit, if they get down, um, because they always seem to keep fighting uh, and playing through. Uh, that's kind of a tribute to Campbell. But uh, that's kind of what I'm looking at here. I, I do think just the, this was one of those games where it looks like an easy grab with the Lions on the points, but it's just where you look at the two rosters and the Packers just light years ahead of the Lions at this point. Yeah, the overs four one and one in the last six in the series. But if you look throughout the year, both teams are 19 and 12 to the under this year. So it's a tough, I think it's a tough one because how long does Aaron Rodgers play? You have the number one seed locked up. How long do you keep the starters in there? You know, the Lions again, a little, gave up a ton of points last week at Seattle. I had the Lions in a teaser and they just could not get there. They were scoring some points, but just gave up way too many points. Again, I think the team has for their really bad record this year, they have fought pretty hard for this, for this coach for Campbell. So we'll see if that continues. This is a tough one. I, what I would do, this might just be a straight under, take it up to 50 and a half, and hopefully it does not. Uh, they played first time this year. It was 35-17 Green Bay in this. I think it's a tough one. Just how long do some of these players play for Green Bay is the issue there. My play on this, I'd probably do a teaser, and I'd probably do the under and just hope um, you get some backups in and they just can't score a lot. All right, moving on to the next game. You got the Chicago Bears, 6-10. and 10. Traveling to Minnesota Vikings, seven and nine. Both coaches, this could be it. Eggy, it sounds like he's gone in Chicago. And then you got the Jim Harbaugh rumors going maybe there. 
Uh, we'll get into him with another team here soon too. And Zimmer, can Zimmer save his job here, Jason, you think with a win? No, I don't. I, don't. I just think that uh, it feels like it's more of a situation of the accumulation that this team is just never getting over this hump, that they're always going to be that team either on the cusp of the playoffs or first round loss. You know, it's not really building to anything. Um, so I, I don't know if it's really fair to him because it really turned over the roster in the last two years. And they've got some kind of unique contract situations, uh, especially with Cousins making so much money. And, you know, how good is he? No one seems to be able to agree. I mean, the statistics say one thing. The eye test says a whole different uh, thing. Um, yeah, I, I think he's out. I think this is more of a, a change of a scenery move for the Vikings. So I, I think he's almost more certain than Nagy just because of the nature of the Bears, even though I'm pretty sure Nagy's gone. Um you just kind of look, I don't think the Vikings mind playing for Zimmer, you know, and I think I can see them playing pretty well here as kind of a tribute to him. We don't know what's already been discussed uh, with him and the management. So they might know kind of what the writing on the wall was going to happen there. The Bears, I don't think they get the same enjoyment playing for Nagy. <laughs> they definitely haven't shown it. Um, the way he's managed the quarterback position this year, just the way he's kind of set up the offense. Um, you see guys kind of hitting the IR pretty early um with injuries that maybe could play through that's always a pretty good indication of what they're playing for and whether they believe in their coaching staff so yeah i think the vikings minus five and a half kind of roll here i, I think the bears are kind of out of dudes especially if Akeem hicks is out um eddie goldman's questionable that defensive line that, that defense is really all they have to keep them in the game especially with fields out and uh i just think the vikings will kind of roll here kind of you know give zimmer a win to go off on and then i do expect that to be a coaching change this year yeah, dogs have won the last three in the series, but I don't like the dog in this. Um, you know, minus five and a half. I kind of agree with you. I think Minnesota is the better team. I think they'll play. Cousins is coming back. It seems like it's Andy Dalton again, quarterback in which, you know me, I don't mind Andy Dalton. Uh, I've said that many times on this show. But I, in a teaser play, take Minnesota down. You can get them plus now. I like that. Yeah, I think that's. I think it's a great teaser spot here. Um, and I'm kind of maybe... I'm kind of really liking the Vikings with another team coming up here, maybe in a teaser spot. And that might be my best teaser of the weekend here with, with just looking at some of the numbers right now. So I would tease Minnesota down in this game. That's, that's our thoughts on that. Okay. Moving on. Here's a big one. If you're a Steeler fan, if you're a Pittsburgh Steeler fan, you need a team that is pure garbage right now, but we need you tomorrow. All right. So you got the Colts nine and seven traveling to Jacksonville. You know, it's bad when there's rumors, Jason, that the fan base in Jacksonville, they're going to dress up as clowns tomorrow and show up and just in protest tomorrow. So that should be kind of funny to see. And we'll see if it happens. Jacksonville, two and 14 line right now is minus 15 and a half over under is 44. Now here real quick before I let Jason go on this, the Colts, if you're a Steeler fan, I mean, I'm still, I don't think it's going to happen, but the Colts have not won in Jacksonville since 2014. Jason, can Jacksonville pull up a major upset and be probably the second favorite team in Pittsburgh? <laughs> probably not. Uh, I do think they can cover this number just because this is one of those games where I can see the Colts being a little tight. Um you know, they kind of had this all set up for them. They, they should this should have been a lot easier to make the playoffs than it was. And they went out and kind of laid the egg last week against the Raiders at home. Um, so they're bringing this even into question. I think that stat where they haven't won in Jacksonville is really easy. But what's the fun term now? We say good rat poison. 
that's a good rat poison for your locker room to say that, you know, you've stunk the last six times you've gone down there. The guys who've been with that team know that they haven't won in Jacksonville. So that's easy motivation this week against a team that is awful. I mean, they clearly quit. Like the Patriots game last week was ridiculous. Um, I remember joking around with somebody on a text, you know, New England minus 40 <laughs> at one point, which they didn't cover. Um, but it, it was like literally in play that you can sit there and say, okay, there's an NFL team right now that I don't feel comfortable giving 32 points to live in a game. That is insane. Um, but, I mean, I look at it. Jacksonville's run got run on last week. Indy's going to run the football. Um, they're going to take it out of Carson Wentz's hands. Really the only chance the Steelers and a couple other teams that need uh, Indy to lose here have is that basically Carson Wentz can throw a four-interception game and kind of, you know, give the Jags that short field and give them a chance in this game. That's really the only bad scenario. I don't even think they're going to entertain that scenario. I think they're going to run the ball as much as they possibly can. So could kind of lean to an under here just because I think Indy's going to play really conservative. I think they're going to make sure that they don't give Jacksonville any opportunity um, to win in this game. Their defense is good enough. The Jags, when they're good on offense, run the football. Indy's run defense is excellent. Um, and like I said, I, I don't think – I think they can cover just because I think it's a lot of points. That You know, the teaser king definitely, you know, getting 21 and a half at home, even for teams awful as Jacksonville, is interesting, even though I just kind of said they couldn't cover 40 last week. Um, but I do think you're going to see a tight Colts team, at least a little early on offense. I can see Wentz kind of not being sharp. I will take the Jags with the points, but I don't think they're going to uh, win on the money line, unfortunately, for my Steelers. Yeah, I kind of agree with you here. You know, I think they're going to pound the ball. I think you're going to see a lot of Taylor – What's scary a little bit in a teaser, I do like taking it up to 50 and taking the under here. But like you said, you have two quarterbacks that, man, they can turn the ball over. Wentz turns the ball over a lot. Lawrence has been a dumpster fire uh, this year throwing the INTs. I think he leads the leg, I, I, if I'm correct there, Jason, uh, in INT. So hopefully you don't have some interceptions and give somebody a short field in this game. I agree with you. I would take a chance. I don't think Jacksonville is going to be close in this, but to get them up to 21 and a half is not a bad play. That's a lot of points in an NFL game. And really what I like in this is take it up, take it up to 50 and take the under in a teaser. I, I agree with you. I think Colts will maybe be really kind of conservative with the play call. A lot of Taylor run that clock, try to go like at can Jacksonville score. They haven't been scoring. Can you get that? I think you can get that. So maybe look for that, but yeah, we need you tomorrow Jacksonville, but I'm not holding my breath at all. So let's move on here. There's another team that I've been taking in a lot of teasers the last couple of weeks and doing pretty well with you got Tennessee, Tennessee, the number one seed right now in the AFC 11 and five, they are traveling to the Texans, Texans four and 12. But again, here's a team that I've been jumping on with some teasers and they're actually been hanging around playing kind of well right now. Mills has done a pretty nice job the last couple of weeks at QB there. Is he their guy for the future? Time will tell, but right now you got Tennessee minus 10 over under is 42 and a half. You know, I, I, this is tough here. I, what I, I'm going to just give you my thoughts. I don't have a lot on this. I'm just going to stick what's not been broken and take, the Texans up to 16 and take them in a teaser and roll with that and see what happens. I like that. Uh, I actually like the Texans with just the 10. Uh, so looking at the injury report here, Tennessee has like no defensive lineman in this game. This, this is a three-man front that has no nose tackles. So you're going to see a lot of nickel. And 
most of the weeks that would work perfectly fine, especially when you have a, a player as good as uh, Jeffrey. But, you know, Houston likes to run the football and they like to run it with big packages here. I see them doing that. And I saw this morning that 85% of the money per the action network is on Tennessee laying 10 on the road. Um, you know, Houston at home has been kind of scary. They've, they've almost gotten some teams. They almost got New England. They've gotten some other teams. Um, so I, I really like the Texans plus the 10 here. They're pretty healthy across both units. You know, I don't know where they're at with Davis Mills, but he is their quarterback in the future that they're going to be this game. They're probably prepare this week like it's a normal week just to give him another set of reps against, a, you know, a pretty good defense. Um, but like I said, no nose tackles. They're going to be able to run the football inside. Um, and Tennessee really doesn't have the flexibility to go big at any point. Uh, so that's kind of where I'm at with this one. I can see this being an under, though, because Tennessee's offense really hasn't done much in the second half of the year. They got a little bit better last week. They had a really nice performance, actually, against Miami. But, you know, I can see both teams kind of just trying to run the football. Tennessee's trying to get out of here with just a win so they can preserve their number one seed. They have a little bit at stake. I don't know if that's the situation being on the road here. But I, I, I put this with a stat of a team that must win not covering i like the texans plus the 10 um i think tennessee gets a little bit of a scare here uh just from a, a feisty team that has really nothing to play for they pretty much have the number one pick locked up um can't really hurt themselves by winning so definitely like the texans here all right let's move on here's the game we're going to dive into a couple comments that were made and i think it was big for this game you got the washington football team Six and 10 traveling to the Giants, New York, four and 12. Line right now is the football team is minus seven, over under is 38. Just a couple quick stats here. The under is 15 and three in the last 18 in this series in New York. You got a team right now with New York, Jason, that has failed to cover in five straight. They're averaging about nine points a game. Jake Fromm looks like he's going to be the quarterback again. Just not, not, has not been pretty with him. Now we're going to dive into this and Jason will give his comments, but the coach went on a little bit of a rant judge uh, the other day, just kind of sounded like a man that is kind of lost. And I mean, talking about guys that don't want to leave former players that have left that have called him on the phone and said that they would be glad to be back in New York. Well, I think that's a bunch of crap. I think this guy, you talk about a guy that's lying. I don't think some team guys that have left New York would be really wanting to come back to this organization. Then he made a comment and I want to hear your thoughts on this. And this is where it's going to go with my play in a teaser, maybe even straight in this. He made a comment. He said, well, at least, we're not fighting on the sidelines. And that was kind of a jab at, take it, jab, jab at some of the players there in Washington when two of the defensive players for Washington got into a fight. I think that's going to irritate Ron Rivera. I think it was a bad comment to make, especially I think Washington's going to go in there and they're going to put to put it to New York on Sunday. What's your overall opinion on it? I completely agree. I'm, I'm just disappointed we don't have a little drum roll uh, sound bite there for the, the tremendous pun that you just threw on us. Uh, yeah, I mean, so I think Ron Rivera, you know, it's funny. The Washington football team is an interesting uh, organization where it stinks from the top, but from Rivera down, they've done such a good job of solidifying um, that organization. Like, they come to play every week. Now, they may not have the dudes to be able to compete, but, you know, even when they were extremely shorthanded at times late in the season, late in the schedule, they played. Um, 
you know, and yeah, granted the two defensive tackles did try to take swings at each other, but that was out of literally frustration in the game of them trying, not feeling like the other was doing what they should have been doing. And they put up a heck of an effort against the Eagles. They had a chance to win that game late. They were, you know, pretty close into territory there with a the shot. So yeah, I, I, I Giants really should be quiet. You know, this is one of those like bell cow franchises for the NFL, like kind of, you know, with the old ownership and kind of always steady and, you know, you know, were bad years used to be six and ten and now they've just been a train wreck the last couple of years you could question that they're just as much of a uh, um, dumpster fire as the football team is at the top yeah i don't see ron rivera's a no nonsense kind of guy i think they probably had a pretty normal week of practice they're pretty healthy the giants have just been a mess uh, i know it's seven points on the road but i think the football team kind of rolls here i think they're gonna want there's a lot of guys on that team that kind of you know, I don't know if their jobs are necessarily guaranteed. So I think they're going to play hard. And I think they're going to play hard for their coach. I don't think Joe Judge has the same support on his sideline. Guys have been quasi hurt all year with that team and uh, no different this week. Uh, they just don't have the tools. And plus, Jake Fromm, I think, threw for negative yards last week. Is that right? They have no backup. Glennon's out for this game. Daniel Jones is on the IR. It's it's the Jake Fromm show. And my God, <laughs> I don't think we're going to see the turnaround like we saw with Davis Mills from uh, his first game to the second game. So, yeah, take the football team. This might be free money this week. Yeah, I kind of like them straight. I might play them straight, but in a teaser, it's probably one of my favorite teaser spots of the week. You know, who am I going to match it with? One idea, like I said a little bit ago, I talked about maybe them with the Vikings, but I have another one coming up that I kind of like also maybe to match them up with. So we'll see what I do here. Let's move on. Here's our team. You know, big game tomorrow. You know, in a sense, in a lot of different ways here. You can look at it. Can we make the playoffs? I don't think it's going to happen. You know, again, we got that. What is it like? Uh, never a losing record for Mike Tomlin, all that. You know, that they made sure of that last week with the win Monday night. But you got the Pittsburgh Steelers, 8 7 and 1, traveling to Baltimore, 8 and 8. This is the final game for Big Ben. So it will be, you know, emotional or just however you want to look at it here. Hopefully he plays well. He did not play well on Monday night. It was still just a great win by the Steelers, a great atmosphere, you know, great at the end of the game to see his family come down and do all those, all those things. But in this game, you know, no Lamar Jackson, Jackson's out again. Dogs are the play in this, Jason. Dogs right now are been the play 11 and three ATS in Baltimore. Now, one stat though, I did see, you know, you had a lot of COVID issues with the Steelers. You had Deontay Johnson was out. Green was out too. Now Green didn't play last week. For, he was in the center for the Steelers. But De Deontay Johnson now is back. So I don't know if that was a false positive or what, but he's back. But one big one was uh, Joe Hayden. Seems like he's going to be out. I think it's Alan Saunders. Uh, I think he's a writer up in the Pittsburgh areas. He, um, he put one out the other day. Joe Hayden, when they have Joe Hayden, they're 19 and five and one with him without him. And this was going back some years here with him without him. They're one and seven. I mean, it can make a difference. I like Joe Hayden back there. Seems like he makes some plays. Is it going to be a big deal tomorrow? I don't know. I, I like the backup for Baltimore. I don't think he's a bad play. The line is down to minus three and a half and the over under is 41. What's your thoughts for this big game for Pittsburgh? It, it, it's, it's an interesting handicap because I think the Ravens, even with all the injuries, like you know, obviously the secondary is a replacement secondary. I don't think the Steelers is really. Um, 
And, you know, no Lamar. Um, they're missing Ricard. They have a couple other guys that are dinged up. You know, they're the better team, I would say, on paper. Even, you know, in this current state, we've with, with Huntley at quarterback. Huntley's looked fine. He's actually, you know, they've played some good opponents and been right there with them uh, and just haven't been able to finish it off. The Steelers have all the motivation because I think they realistically think they have a shot at the playoffs where I don't know if the Ravens even want to make the playoffs at this point because they have so many guys out. They kind of just want to get through this season. If you look, you know, go to like ESPN and look at their depth chart, it's a staggering amount of names that you recognize that have IR next to them, uh, especially in the secondary, you know, the running back and quarterback positions. You know, the Steelers are kind of, I think, trying to make this for Ben. So I think the motivation is on their side. Whether they have enough to actually win this game <laughs> is uh, the bigger question. Uh, like I said, Ravens have played good against good competition, even shorthanded like this. Um, and I know taking the three and a half is probably the smart play because this game, I think there's a crazy stat about um, when the line's this low about the underdog covering. I think it's like 17 to the last 19 or something like that. But uh, I'm going to take the Steelers plus the three and a half. I don't feel great about it. I actually think the Ravens might win this game in a real ugly low scoring affair because the Steelers offense has shown no explosiveness at all um they didn't even try to throw the ball down the field against the browns which is you know a zone look and really wasn't getting all that much pressure on ben uh ravens don't really have the capability to get pressure um Owa's going to be out they really don't have any edge guys but I, I just feel like they're just playing better football even though it's probably you know more of a situation where the Steelers have the motivation so i think i'm talking myself into the ravens minus three and a half i think i'm gonna go that way instead. <laughs> i well you know i agree with you i i just nothing down the field. I mean, the play calling is brutal in Pittsburgh. I would look maybe first half under because Pittsburgh just hasn't yeah. done anything, anything in the first half scoring any points. Again, Chris Boswell, thank you so much for taking me to a fantasy championship. I post that, man. <laughs> love you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I would do, again, I think this is, I would tease up, I would tease up probably the Steelers to nine and a half. Take a chance there. I really like teasing it up to 47 and taking the under. I think it's an under. I hope Watt can get the sack record, at least tie it, or I'd love to see him beat it. So hopefully that happens. I'd love to see Ben play well. I'd love to see him go out with a win. So hopefully it's a good Sunday for Pittsburgh. But that's what I would do. I would do teaser Pittsburgh and take the points up and take an under. Plus, keep an eye out because this game need they'll know the outcome of the indie game before they kick off, which is kind of a mistake by the NFL too. This really should have been the Sunday night game, and I guess they just didn't want to put these two teams in prime time. I think there's a cap, and they probably have both reached it. But we really should know the outcome of this game before uh, things get settled because if if Indy wins, this game's irrelevant, and that makes it really tricky to see what they do. I could actually like the Steelers if they're both eliminated at this point because. Baltimore is not going to care and the Steelers could treat it just as a farewell to Ben and let him throw 50 times. Actually, maybe let him throw the ball 10 yards downfield. So we'll, well see. Jason, I got both games at one o'clock tomorrow. Uh, I have the Steelers games at four. Is it not? I have it at one on scores and odds. Okay. That, that makes more sense. So good. Okay. But again, you know, like even what you said there, they're going to be, you know, scoreboard watching, you know, if Indy's up by 20, then you're what can you know what can you do i mean they're i mean will the guys quit no they're professionals they're going to continue to play here and stuff but i mean again we we already broke that down it it just i i think the big thing as steeler fan is just you hope they play well they beat baltimore because you don't like baltimore and you want to see ben go out as a winner i think that's really what we can hope for in that all right moving on we got 
Playoff bound, AFC North champs, Cincinnati Bengals, 10 and 6. What a job Taylor has done there. I can't believe that I just said that, that they won that division. Playing the Cleveland Browns, very disappointed Cleveland Browns team, 7 and 9. Line right now is minus 6 for Cleveland. Over, under is 37 and a half. We got conditions, conditions, conditions here. It is Cleveland. It's always so beautiful in Cleveland. There may be some rain, maybe some snow. Who knows? Winds, that's a problem. 15 to 20, maybe higher gusts in this. You might have the Brandon Allen, Case Keenum, which I still think Case Keenum is not a bad quarterback and should have been quarterback in Cleveland a lot more than banged up Baker Mayfield this year. What do you got here, Jason? Yeah, no, I think you nailed it. Uh this game is a ton of guys out. Um, you mentioned Baker's not going to play. Burrow's not going to play. Bengals have a lot of their key guys that aren't wide receivers out of this game. In fact, their entire defensive line may not play. Um, that's really the key to their defense. So that's interesting. Uh, Case Keenum's in. And um, really a situation where even last week when they were playing the Steelers, you wonder kind of why Stefanski maybe didn't go to the bullpen there and try to get a spark on that offense. They kind of needed that game. They would they, they would have been a much better situation that they'd have beaten the Steelers than the, the Ravens and the Steelers are uh, this week. Um, I'm going to take the Browns minus the five and a half just because I think since he's really just circling the wagons, I don't think they're that deep of a football team to be able to pull this off. You know, Browns are missing guys, but um, they're actually a lot healthier on the offensive line than they've been all year with the exception of Conklin. Um, they're going to have to play Chubb because basically Hunt's dinged up and uh, Dearness Johnson, who I thought might be a sneaky prop play this week to get a ton of carries, is out of the game already. Um, yeah, I mean, I just don't think, you know, since his offense is all about explosive plays, I don't think Brandon Allen's going to be a guy who's going to be able to throw the ball downfield to make those plays. Um, Case Keenum, a solid backup. I really think he'll put on, he'll like manage the game. And I just don't think, I don't see Cincy doing much here. I think they're going to just try to get out of here. Uh, and get healthy this week. The Browns are just basically going to win because they're at home. Um, I think it's against an in-state arrival. Um, so I like the Browns laying a five and a half. And I definitely like the under, especially if you describe the weather is going to be as Cleveland as it's going to be. Yeah, you know, looking at that, you know, I, Brandon Allen, Case Keenum, I, I could see a very low scoring game in that too. So I, like I said, I like, I, I'd love taking Cleveland down in that. And I would probably take the points up some more and probably take the under. I think that's just going to be an ugly game. So let's move on from the ugliness of Cleveland. 425, kind of a big game here. You got New England, 10 and six, going against Miami. Miami's eight and eight. Miami is eliminated. It does, can't make the playoffs, but a lot for New England to play for here. If New England, you know, wins in a Bills loss, which I don't think will happen, but we'll get to that game. New England would win the division. Now I read something today. If New England loses it, they could fall the whole way to the seventh seed and they would have to play, maybe travel to Kansas city. Well, you don't want to do that. You don't want to go out there and, and play in that game. So right now we're looking at six and a half New England over unders 39 and a half. You know, Miami's been very tough against, especially um, against New England. They're six, two and one against the Pats here. They always seem like they give New England some trouble here. I love this spot though, in a teaser for New England, you can get them down to about a pick them. I think they'll win the game. You, I love also maybe taking this up. I, it's a very low under right now, 39 and a half, but maybe take it up six more points and take the under in this because I always like doing that. I think two is a very dink and dunk quarterback. I think New England will try to pound the ball, run the ball. Mac Jones throws some shorter passes to run the clock, but I really like New England in a teaser. 
Yeah, I know. I think you're going to hear a lot this week, and we've heard a lot this week about how Patriots don't play well in Miami. And there's definitely examples of that um, where they just have gone down in the, especially late in the year in the heat and just not really played the, all their best. Um, I think two years ago was a good example of that, where it was a pretty bad Dolphins team, and they beat them on the last week of the season against the, eh, probably a little bit of an overrated Patriots team. I know they got to the conference finals, but it was really Brady uh, kind of carrying them. Um, you know, Dolphins had two streaks where they lost seven games in a row and then they won seven games in a row. Last week, I think they kind of got exposed when they faced a really good Tennessee team on the road. That was a big game for them. They had to go in there and win um, to stay alive. They just didn't show up. And, you know, the weather wasn't great, but they just kind of, you know, they didn't do mount any challenge at all to Tennessee in that game. Um, Miami's defense has gotten a lot better, and it's hard to tell whether that's just really the schedule that they won the seven games with versus the seven games they lost where things are just kind of normalized a little bit or whether they're actually good. You know, they're going to bring pressure on Jones. It'll be interesting to see how he reacts um, and plays. We just need to see if their run defense holds up against a pretty good running attack with New England. I just think New England has too much on the table here to go in Miami flat. And I think that's another situation where you have that good rat poison um, of exciting times that you've stunk down there, right? And, you know, you kind of get this team focused and focusing on that. I just don't think the Dolphins are that good of a football team. I think it's um, 500 team at best. I think the Patriots are a little bit better than that. So, um, you know, six and a half, that's, I, to me, I would tease that down. I think this is going to be a close game. I think this definitely is going to be an under um, as neither offense is really that explosive. And both defenses have been playing really great, good late in the year. Um, so definitely like the under, probably like New England to win, probably don't like them with the six and a half. I think it's going to be a close game. All right, moving on. Let's go to the Jets, four and twelve, traveling to Buffalo Bills. Bills are ten and six right now. You you are looking at a line minus sixteen, and the over under is forty and a half. You know, here's the Jets team, Jason. That very similar to the Texans with me. Two weeks ago, I put them in, I think, in a teaser, and they played Miami, and it was very close. Then I played them. Um, I think I had them in a teaser against Jacksonville where they had Jacksonville favored against them and Jets won the game outright last week. They played Tampa Bay and I had the Jets way up in a teaser. So they've done really well for me over the last three weeks. And I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to ride them again tomorrow here. I think 16 points is a lot. You get that up to about 22. That's a lot to cover in an NFL game. I know Jets have nothing to play for, but they're, they've been competing here. You got conditions again in Buffalo, very similar to like Cleveland. It could be some I, earlier in the week, they had some maybe rain in the forecast, uh, but I haven't seen that recently, but the wind could be an issue again, 20, 25 mile per hour winds in this, you know, what do Bills want to do? They don't like running the ball. They want to throw the ball in that. Could That can just maybe slow it down a little bit. I think so. You get the points up in this to 22. Do I think Buffalo wins this game? Absolutely they do. They'll win the division. But I don't know if they'll win by 22 points in a teaser. Yeah, so Buffalo does have something at stake here right now. They can actually lose the division to New England and drop down into the uh, wild card. And they can also win the number one seed, right, with a win – and a loss by um, Tennessee. I think I have that right. So they kind of have some, something at stake here. So they, they should have some motivation early. Now they'll know whether they can get the one seed going into this game. Uh, Cause I do think I have it right on that one. Cause the Tennessee kicks at one and these guys kick at 425. Okay, I got that one right this time. Um, so yeah, I think that's the biggest issue is what, what Buffalo you see. Now Buffalo's done a pretty good job of beating up bad teams. 
Um, didn't really do it last week against an Atlanta team, you know, but Atlanta sometimes has shown ability to be like competent <laughs> where the Jets have kind of shown both, right? But they've, they've shown flashes where they can beat good teams, especially at home. And they've shown also times where they're just got awful. Um, yeah, I, just, I think maybe Buffalo first half is probably the right play here. And I can see for the full game, maybe the Jets back during that 16 number just because Buffalo starts pulling guys maybe when they realize that um, either they have it locked up or New England's losing to Miami one way or another. Um, but I do think the motivation will be there for the Bills to come out. I don't think they'll lay an egg, but I definitely like them the first half. And I think I like the Jets for the game. Like you said, showed a little bit last week that maybe things are getting better there. They seem fairly healthy. Um, and it's basically on Zach Wilson, I guess. Um, if, we, if we see good Zach Wilson, they'll definitely cover the number. If we see bad Zach Wilson, this will be pretty ugly. All right, moving on to kind of two teams that have a lot of drama going on in both things. You got Carolina Panthers 5 and 11. And you just got, to me, just a team that's lost five in a row. I think quarterback issues still with that team. The head coach, is he over his head? I think maybe he's a little over his head. But now traveling to Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay's 12 and four. You know, let's just dive into it. You got the AB situation last week. You know, he then he came out and said he couldn't play. He released some text messages, how true they were. You know, it's very hard to believe anything AB does and says overall he goes on a show yesterday i think it was yesterday and kind of threw everybody under the bus more or less was saying that i I, you know the great thing jason in that whole interview i just like how he calls himself in the third for ab a well who's better than ab so i'm gonna go around today in my house and just say who's better than smitty or the teaser king and just kind of refer to myself as that all day just to irritate the family but Threw Tom Brady under the bus, was trying to say Gronk again. I said it earlier in the show, can make some money with some catches. Then it kind of comes out that he's mad that he wasn't getting balls thrown to him. Then there was a report he had a model in his hotel the night before the game, and he said that he was going to do something big. So, I mean, just drama, drama, drama here. But did they get – I said this to my sister yesterday. Did they get what they wanted with this guy? Yeah, they got a Super Bowl. Now, there were some reports Bruce Arians did not want him. This was Tom Brady. He wanted him. They did get a Super Bowl, but it's like you get the good, but then you get really get the bad with him. So train wreck here. Let's see what Tampa does this week. Um, what's your thoughts on this game, Jason? It's tough just because um, I don't think any of that stuff should be a distraction for Tampa because they they were winning without him. They kind of added him last year. Um when just when they needed some depth, the wide receiver basically to add another piece uh, for Brady, um, and you know he was effective for them. He definitely made a difference. Um, and some of the guys, I think they had they lost one receiver late. I can't remember who it was now. But you know the biggest thing with Tampa this year, the difference from last year is last year they were hurt early and got healthy. This year they've just been hurt like the whole time. It's similar to the Browns, where you just you look at that lineup and their injury report every week, and you see names without next to it almost every single week key guys too and they've kind of really had to do a patchwork so it's a pretty good job that they they're here they're at where they're at um you know carolina i agree i i thought it would have been crazy to think about roll was gonna get fired at the end of this year at the beginning of the year especially when he started what three and zero against the, the really soft schedule but i think he's gone uh i don't think that he and the owner see eye to eye on how to build a football team and i think he'll make a change i don't think they're gonna waste any more time with that um i think the darnold decision probably played a pretty big role in that um, trying to take a risk on him rather than draft the quarterback um, and get the whole process started. Panthers are healthy, but they're just a bad football team. 
So, and the Buccaneers are not healthy, but they're a much better football team. They're at home. They've played pretty well in these games at home. Um, so eight is a lot that probably would be a nice teaser play to get them down to like maybe minus two um, and or two and a half and just get that nice cover. I, Brady's going to play. He loves playing these games. I think that's enough to beat the Panthers who are just really bad on offense. Um, and Tampa Bay's defense dinged up, you know, not a lot of edge guys creating pressure. I don't think that's an issue versus Carolina. Um, who basically all their, they can't use their best receivers because they can't get them the ball. And then McCaffrey obviously has been out for a couple of weeks now. So um, don't like the eight and a half just because I don't think this is going to be a very exciting game. I think Tampa Bay could be a little sluggish on offense, but teasing it down to two and a half seems like a nice play. And the over-under is a 41 and a half. You can definitely see the under here just because I don't think Carolina is going to do much. Yeah, I agree with, uh, you know, he's just, he's been a dumpster fire there in Carolina as a coach. You got Brady, the offensive coordinator, you know, dismissed um, halfway through the season. Then, you know, again, we talk about Judge making some weird comments that, what was the comment he made about like Jay-Z didn't make his career? And I mean, he's using reference to Jay-Z and stuff. I mean, what's he talking about here, man? I mean, this guy to me was a college coach, should have stayed in college. I think you see a lot of that. These college guys, they bring them in and they just aren't successful. I mean, some have, so I don't want to say that, but man, there's some that I just, to me, they're college coaches. What? interesting for him as a college coach is college coaches usually struggle with the dynamic with the players, right? Where they, they, they can't function without being able to tell a guy or threaten playing time or, you know, playing the guy behind them ahead of them. Will hasn't really struggled with that. His biggest issue is he's trying to run college schemes in the NFL and he's had college coordinators and it hasn't worked at all. Um, it's similar to what Meyer did in Jacksonville. We just didn't talk about it as much because we kind of liked the guys that he brought in and it seemed like it was working for a while with, yeah, he's, it's, his issues are more the X's and O's side, which is kind of crazy. Usually the college guys struggle with the personnel side. He seems to be fine on that side. In fact, he seems to be in good shape there. But um, he can't figure out how to call the right plays or get these guys, his playmakers, the ball, which is, like I said, doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, and I, I think you made a great point. I think the quarterback decision um, was maybe a big strike against them there. I think that, you know, they gave up some draft picks to get them and it just has not worked out there. So, all right, let's move on. We're going to move on to the saints eight and eight traveling to it. The Atlanta Falcons seven and nine, um, you know, big game for the saints saints need to win. I think uh, they need Jason. You're better at this than me. I think they need somebody else to win and they can maybe sneak into the playoffs. I think it's the Rams. If the Rams win and the saints win, I think the saints can sneak into the playoffs you know, first time they played, it was 27-25 uh, Falcons in a close one. This one right now is three and a half, minus three and a half for the Saints. Over under is 40. Uh, man, this is this is a tough one because Jason said, you know, Atlanta, nothing to play for. But, you know, could this be it for Matt Ryan here too? I mean, he's getting up there. And, I mean, could this be one of his last days there in Atlanta? I, I'm looking at the the over under it opened at 42 jason it is at 40 i really like taking this down or excuse me taking this up to 46 and taking the under i think this is a very low scoring game i know it's in a dome but i still think it's a low scoring game no i agree atlanta offense doesn't bring much to the table and the saints defense is by far the best unit in this game um, yeah, no, I think that's, that's true. I, I think Matt Ryan's contracts at the point where they could actually make a move with him and not really just completely destroy the, the next season. So 
And I can see them doing that because he really – he also looks like he's lost his fastball and it's just kind of not a guy you can win with at this point. I kind of like Atlanta here. I think this is this is the shocker game where the Saints – because the Saints have kind of been up and down all year. And, uh, you know, the, the, you know there are different offense with Kamara in there and he'll be available for this game. But, you know, he's starting to get frustrated too about all the pounding he's taking because he is the only guy they have on offense that really is a threat. Um I just, you know, I can just see this game being a bit of a surprise. Atlanta just playing because they're just playing. And uh, they've had they've shown the capability at home, especially to kind of be a little feisty. This is a rivalry. You know, we're from the Northeast. We don't really get a sense of this one. But this is a, there's some bad blood in this one. So these guys are going to come to play. So I like the uh, the Falcons plus three and a half. Saints do need the Rams to win, obviously, for the, basically more for the 49ers to lose, to be eliminated. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen either. But I do like the Falcons here with the points, and I definitely lean to the under. I've seen it already tick down to 39 and a half, so people are agreeing with us on that. All right, moving on. Let's go Seattle, 6-10, and 10, traveling to the Arizona Cardinals, 11-5. and five. The line right now is Arizona's minus 6, over-under is 48. I kind of like in this one, Jason, we set off air and we'll dive into it. You know, you have an Arizona team that for the success they've had this year, they have not played great at home. It's, it's been, and they're, they're a little dinged up. You know, what Murray are you going to get? Sometimes it's very good. Sometimes it can not be so great with some picks and some bad decisions here. You got Russell Wilson. That's really, you know, was struggling, but kind of put on a show last week. You know, there's a lot of rumors that he will not be in Seattle next year. Where could he go? We'll get into that later and probably later shows here with our predictions. I think I really like taking Seattle up to 12 points in this game and taking a chance with the Seahawks and a teaser. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I can, I can see Arizona kind of feeling the heat a little bit. I mean, they're in the playoffs. Um, let's see, their scenario is – I'm trying to find it right there. That they need the Rams to lose in order to get the um, division. Um, and that that's a 50-50 game with L.A. and San Francisco. So they're going to have to play um, – I, it really, I don't know. I don't want to put too much stock in that Seattle performance last week, though, because against against the pretty shorthanded Lions team that was pretty devastated by COVID. Um, you know, the Seahawks are relatively healthy. Um, I think the Cardinals are getting more healthy. Um, so I, it's it's really hard to say. I, th- I think Russell Wilson could definitely keep them in this game on his own, just kind of putting on a performance um, for his free agency that he's trying to create <laughs> by leaking rumors of the teams he wants to play for. So I think Russ will cook, um, even if, you know, I can see him just trying to go out and put on a show here. Um, so, yeah, I, I kind of like the over. You know, I haven't liked many overs with Arizona, but I don't think the Seattle defense is very good, especially with Bobby Wagner out. Um, it's kind of the linchpin to that entire defense. Uh, Lions really couldn't put much of a threat last week. Uh, I like the over, but I, I am going to take – I don't know. Wait, I, I kind of – teasing it up to 12 sounds like a good play because I just think Seattle could be that. That six is definitely just – it's right a perfect number where I can see this game being a touchdown game. Um, so, uh, yeah, I like the Seahawks tease up the 12, and I definitely like the over here. All right, moving on. Here's probably one of the biggest games. The next two is probably one of the biggest games. you got San Francisco 9-7 and seven, uh, traveling to Los Angeles to play the Rams. Rams are 12-4. and four. Right now the line is minus 4.5. Over, under is 44.5. You know, you got a lot here. This is a lot of people, a lot of sharps are – Sharps kind of in the game that put out their plays or on other shows. They really like San Francisco in this game, but this is tough. You got Jimmy G that has some issues with some injuries. 
You got Trey Lance that played last week. Now, Trey Lance can, there's moments that he looks like he could be a pretty good quarterback, but I still think there's a lot of growth there. This is a big game. If you have to quarterback Trey Lance in this situation, Jason, I think it's extremely hard to maybe ask him to go in and win this game in, in Los Angeles. Now, Matthew Stafford, let's get to him really quick. You sometimes have the good with Matthew Stafford, then you can have really the bad Matthew Stafford too, turning the ball over this year. And he's done that a lot with some bad decision. Cooper Cup, amazing year. Some people think maybe MVP candidate, uh, maybe could even win it here. I think this is tough. I mean, again, who's quarterbacking? I have not heard an official call on who's quarterbacking for San Francisco. I think I would still take a chance and take San Francisco up to 10 and a half in a teaser and take a chance with San Francisco. Yeah, I agree with that as long as Garoppolo plays. I think with Lance, I just don't think it's an option. You need to be able to throw the ball against that um, Rams defense. And I don't think, I don't know. I don't know if I trust Trey Lance at this point to do that. Um, The one thing I like for the Niners in this game is a much more physical team than the Rams. That's something they've kind of struggled with this year when they played against kind of the big bad teams. The Titans are a good example. The Titans had no business winning that football game out there, but they were just the more physical team. And it seemed like something the Rams really struggled against. They're kind of a finesse team. You know, it's a lot of outside zone. It's a lot of, you know, misdirection and throwing the ball downfield to Cooper Cup. Um, you know, the, the I like the Niners in this spot as a dog more so than as a favorite. Now they've got some injuries in the secondary. They're going to be missing Quan Williams as a starter. They're missing Jimmy Ward just starting free safety and Jaquiski Tard's questionable. They've already got a couple guys out. So, you know, there's some vulnerability there. So Cup could have a big day. And I think he needs a big day, right? I think he's, what, 12 catches away from the record. And he has a chance to basically finish off a monster season. So I think you're going to see them go to him regardless because they're in the playoffs. So they're going to try to get guys their numbers. It's I like the Niners plus four and a half. I don't know if they can win this game like they need to to get in the playoffs. Um, they might back in with the Saints losing the Falcons, like I just talked about the prior game. Um, but I do like the Niners. It's like a physical team. I like Shanahan in this spot where I think you're going to see Trey Lance as more of a gadget guy. Maybe they're going to throw some wrinkles. They're going to. I think they're going to see the kitchen sink approach here by Shanahan to try to win this game. I don't know if you'll see the Rams be that um, match that level of intensity. So yeah, I like the Niners plus four and a half. All right, last game, Sunday night. You got the Los Angeles Chargers, nine and seven, traveling to the Las Vegas Raiders, nine and seven. Big game here. Minus three is the line for the Chargers. You got the over-under at 49. You got a lot of scenarios here, people. If the Colts can lose, the Steelers win. There's if the Chargers and Raiders would tie, both teams would get in. Some people said, would they do that? I think that's not going to happen at all either way here. I'm just going to throw this out. Old man in the garage, his dog of the week. He loves the Raiders in this spot at home. He loves the money line Raiders in this spot. I think personally, Jason, in this, I think I like taking the Raiders up in this to nine. It's such a big game. I think it will be a competitive game. And I think I would take the points down and take the over in this in a teaser. I think there will be some points in this game. I agree with that too. Um, And I think that's the best thing because I I don't think either team's defense is very good. Um, The Raiders can be good whenever they get pressure to the front four. That really hasn't happened though for a couple of weeks now. Um, You know, that was a nice win last week to kind of keep themselves alive. It's been a kind of a crazy season out in Vegas. Um, You know, somebody, you talk about you love drama and sports. Well, there's probably no more dramatic team in the NFL than the Las Vegas Raiders. 
Uh, I think they even had a team, another guy with a DUI last week. Um, you know, the whole play though, staff. they said there's something, not enough information yet. So I think he is suiting up on Sunday night. Okay. So there you go. Um, yeah. I mean, you're going to see a lively home crowd. Um, you know, that's one thing we've seen with the Golden Knights. Um, you know, Vegas loves their teams and they definitely have embraced the Raiders. It, it fits the city's image pretty well. So can the Chargers come over that? Well, they're used to that every week, right? I mean, they're always on the road, even when they're at home. I mean, this was a basically a Raider home game when they played at SoFi uh, earlier in the year. Um, I, I think the Chargers are the better football team. I think they win here. Um, so I, I'm going against one man in the garage is never really a good idea. But I do think the Chargers come away here minus three. I just think they're a better team. I think they get a little more talent. And it, they definitely – I think they have the better quarterback, though, not by much. I think the Raiders put up a fight here, but I think the Chargers are going to come out winning here in the end. So, right, yeah, so I'll leave the three, and I like the over, though. I do think there will be some points available here. Okay, great stuff. That is week 18. Before we let you go here, we got a big game Monday night, college football championship. Since I have J-Cam on, i got to get his opinion. you got – Georgia Bulldogs that just put a thump into my Michigan Wolverines playing against Alabama. Right now, the line is minus two and a half over under is 52. You know, you got Georgia. They lost seven straight to the tide. You know, Bama put on a show the first time or the time they played uh, this year. Uh, they put 41 points up, 536 total yards, 17 point win. Bama is seeking the seventh title since 2010. That is remarkable. And the over in this series since 2002 is nine and one. My quick thoughts on this roll tide, I think, and I like Georgia. I'm a Georgia fan, but I still like Alabama. You gave Nick Saban. I just think Nick, I love the coach. I like Saban over smart. You get plus points here in a teaser. I love teasing it up to eight and a half and teasing the points down and taking the over in this. I would do, I would take, plus two and a half, I would do the money line. I'm on Alabama in this one. What do you have, Jason, for the big game Monday night? This is a tough handicap. We got to talk to our friend Jick Jack Johnson to find out where the money is down south on these teams because uh, it sure sounds like everyone's on Bama. Um, it's, it's a really hard handicap because, you know, Georgia looks so impressive against Michigan, and I don't really think we saw the best Michigan in that game. I think their game plan was terrible. And um, I think they thought they were going to be able to handle that Georgia front and either that or they overcompensated thinking they were going to get destroyed. Is it, they just played scared. Um, maybe they had some chicken to eat the week. I don't know. Scared bird maybe got to them. But um, so you look at Georgia and you look at, and I heard a great stat. I think it was on um, the action podcast with Colin and Stucky where they talked about common opponents in the SEC. And basically Bama and Georgia scored the exact same number of points against common opponents. And the difference was Georgia gave up about half as many points as Bama did against those same opponents. So you, you hear something like that and you're thinking, oh, you know, maybe Georgia just kind of needed a wake-up call in the SEC championship game. But it's really hard to back a team when you know the other team has a better coach and you know they have a better quarterback um, and the rosters really aren't that far apart. Um, you know, this is a huge game for Georgia. This is their best shot they've had to finally get over the hump on Bama which they haven't been able to do now for nearly a decade. You know, it's been a couple of coaches. They've been a talented football team. Just haven't been able to get there. I want to take Georgia so bad because I really do think Bama's kind of in a bad situation where not having Mechie. Uh, I think Georgia can take out Jameson Williams just with some double teams. 
And you look at the playmakers for Bama, and you just don't kind of don't see them. I don't think they're going to be able to run the football like they did against Cincy because that Georgia front, like you saw against Michigan, that was the best offensive line in college football. They want, they literally have the trophy, and they might have to give it back now because Georgia's D-line was just it was incredible uh, what they did to them. So I really don't know. I, I like the idea of teasing it down and taking the over. I do think points is college football in these playoff games. Now, I do think these teams know each other so well. You can also see it going into like a 6-3 mode just because, you know, everybody knows what everybody's going to do. But I just think they're too talented, especially college football. When there's talented teams, they score points. Like the over. I'm going to go Georgia. I'm, I'm going to be the contrarian here. I'm going to go against the people. I don't like it. Bennett showed he played pretty well against Michigan. It seems like now they've gotten um, Pickens back, which gives them a throw on the outside. He wasn't kind of 100% for the SEC championship. He looked really good um, against Michigan. Um, and also, um, Cook's brother looked fantastic in the Michigan game. So I'm going to take Georgia. I'm going to go opposite everybody else. I'm going to look like a big loser, probably. But uh, I just think that, you know, these two teams are pretty evenly matched. Maybe they go one and one against each other, and then Georgia wins the right one instead of the early one. Yeah, one thing I want to, before we end here, I think it was Pamela Modenato, and, you know, we've had her on, and she's such a talent with her information. She said kind of what you said there about, they attack Cincinnati by running the ball because Cincinnati's secondary is good. Now, what are you going to do against Georgia? Well, they're not going to run the ball because you said it. Michigan couldn't run the ball. Best offensive line, they couldn't do anything. I don't think you're going to see them again. And you saw that when they played the first time. Young picked them apart. That's how you're going to have to attack Georgia in this. You're going to have to pass the ball. You're going to have to move the ball down the field. Manchin, again, not being there is a big loss for them. Again, I just think, Saban against Smart, I'll take Nick Saban all the time. It's so hard to get over that. Like, you know, Kirby Smart, you know, you kind of expected him to have something up his sleeve for the championship game, and he just couldn't do it. Now, maybe he saved it for this one, knowing he see them again. I, I, I don't give him that much credit. I'd give Saban that much credit. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's the biggest problem here. And then it's the same thing, too, where if Bama gets up, you're going to see it just like the first game where I don't trust Denson Bennett to bring him back. Now, if Bama gets down, I do trust Young to bring them back, even if, you know, the weapons aren't the same. You know, Bama will play the game the way they need to to win. Like, obviously, I think they ran it 19 times in the first game against Georgia because they knew they couldn't run. They didn't go and waste time trying to test them. They just said, okay, we've seen enough. We're just going to try to throw the ball. You know, we've seen people be able – bad teams be able to throw the ball a little bit against them. So we're a good team. Maybe we'll be able to throw the ball a lot. Um and that was something that Michigan really didn't have an option of. You know, they lost Ronnie Bell early in the season. If he's available for that game, you have something that you can at least threaten their corners with. Now, I think Cincy against Bama, they had to do over. I think they would have been much more aggressive with that defense. I think they were way too conservative early. You know, they've had two NFL corners. Um, and, you know, Bama doesn't have two NFL wide receivers right now. What the heck were they doing not playing press man and just bringing, you know, a 3-3-5? Great flexibility is you have three deep safeties when you need it like you see with like Arkansas and Iowa State, but you also can bring all those dudes up. just like West Virginia has for years. And you can have eight guys in the box, you know, attacking every single gap. Um, you really wish since he would have did that early because they probably would have had a shot. Like, they needed a defense to make a player or a turn, short field turnover to have a chance to win. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be a good football game. It's probably going to be a little boring early, but I think it's going to open up in the second half and be a pretty good game. These, these are probably the two best teams in college football. I mean, somehow we got to the right spot, um, even though it was a little complicated there. Uh, with the college football playoff seedings and stuff. But uh, I hope it's a good game. I hope it's entertaining. I hope Stetson Bennett puts on a show so we at least have uh, a nice little back and forth going, and uh, hopefully it'll be a great game. Yeah, again, you know, I like Georgia. I kind of root for Georgia. So if they win, 
great, but again, gambling wise, I got to take Nick Saban in Alabama. Yeah, so you had Georgia in this game to start the season, right? If we go back to our initial preview, did you have a Georgia future? Uh, no, I did not. I had Oklahoma. I took a, I, I ah. did like, I did like Georgia in it, but I liked, I went with the bigger, I went with the bigger number with, uh, Oklahoma and, uh, in the finals and winning the national championship. So that was a big, uh, strikeout, which overall my plays were pretty good with some team plays and stuff, but that one was off, but I, I did, I think I might've said, you know, Georgia had a really good chance. You know, I was high on JT Daniels. I had JT Daniels winning the Heisman, um, but you know, that didn't work out either because I uh, lost his job and everything. So, but what can you do? But no, I mean, it should be entertaining. Um, I, like you said, I think it's the two best teams in it and they deserve to be in it because they, they put on a show in the semis. So, all right, that is it from us. It is great to be back. We are going to be back now weekly. We're going to keep diving into, um, NFL playoffs, you know, college basketball, I got to start heating up. The last two nights have been a little disappointing, but uh, I'm going to keep, I'm going to be Chuck person and keep firing up shots. So uh, we're going to dive into that. We're going to keep bringing uh, interviews on. We're going to work on that, but uh, again, reach out to us, check us out on Twitter. Uh, any games or any information, any sport you want us golf is heating up. I gave out some golf plays. We're going to start diving into golf here too, giving out some plays. So we're going to keep firing. It's like Jason has said before, we fire all year, baby. We just keep going and going and going with all kinds of sports. So we have opinions on everything. Check us out, reach out to us, tune in anything, Jason, before we let them go. Yeah, let's go give a let's give a little little a little taste of college basketball. Let's go with this Penn State Nittany Lions plus nine and a half at home against this Purdue Boilermakers. I love it. I love it. Mike, uh, has, got, Mike has turned it around. I'm completely hundred. I'm completely on board the Micah Shrewsbury trade here. I, I like the last two performances. Purdue's looked terrible on the road. Penn State's defense not too bad. Pretty good. So uh, you know Purdue wins this one, but maybe it's a little closer than it should be. So. Going against the people too, seventy-one percent of the people on Purdue, so I like that too. So uh, take those Nittany Lions plus that nine and a half. Give yourself a little extra money after you win on the Chiefs and you win on the uh, uh, Cowboys too. There you go, man. I'm going to be giving mine out. I'm going to start diving into some lines here. Hopefully, I heat up. But go Nittany Lions today. Pull the upset. Until next time. That. <laughs> Until next time. We are Notebook Wagering. Check us out. Thank you so much. We'll talk soon. Thanks for listening to the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any episodes and be sure to follow at Notebook Wagering. Until next time.